one of the things that people say all the time is that you never should mix business with family. And that I think is a very interesting statement considering how I feel like now more than ever, it is the time to be developing and growing with your spouse specifically. So we're talking today about what it's like to have a YouTube channel and a business with your spouse. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast, where we are sharing stories of women YouTube creators in order to inspire other women to start creating. In each episode, we deep dive into why these women chose YouTube to create on, their struggles, their successes, and of course, get real about what happens when you're a female creator on the internet. This podcast is brought to you by TubeBuddy, your best friend on the road to YouTube success. Now let's get into it with your hostess, Desiree Martinez. What's up, ladies, and welcome to an episode of the Women of YouTube podcast. I am so honored to be in your earbuds today because we are talking about some good stuff. I have the very wonderful and incredible Teresa Hemsath on the podcast today talking about how she is the woman behind the man on YouTube. That's right. We're actually talking into someone who is a big part of the YouTube creation process through the systems, through the how-tos, to being the star of other people's videos, and working with her husband who's essentially directing her and guiding her through what she needs to do while she's also raising her four children and absolutely crushing it in every other area of her life. A little bit about her is that she is the talent liaison co-founder of Owen Video at the Video Marketing School. She is also a talent on air as well as the marketing brains behind the brand making sure that everything works and she is also a christian mama for and just a badass woman trying to help you find a different way to live a little bit better and a little bit different and think differently about how you are doing things so before we dive into this episode i want to make sure that you ladies are aware that not only are you impossibly amazing, but there are a lot of other truly impossibly amazing women out there that I'd love for you to connect with over at our Women of YouTube Facebook group. It's one of like my favorite things that I get to do every single day is be there for you to support you through your YouTube journey. No matter where you are in your journey, whether you have a million subscribers or one, we are there to help you with reviewing your thumbnails, answering questions, asking hypotheticals, presenting you with different ways to create and options that are available for you. And that all happens over there. We also do monthly trainings to help you be a better YouTuber. In fact, our next one that we have coming up in April is going to be all about diving into the YouTube analytics and how they work and how you can use them to your advantage. We also do weekly office hours and so much more. So please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash women of YouTube to join in on the women of YouTube community. Now let's dive into the interview with Teresa and full disclosure and a heads up, you'll probably hear a little bit of like muffling or loud sounds in the background. We did this interview live at Social Media Marketing World 2020 in San Diego at the end of February, um, right before the world fell apart and we weren't allowed to do things in person anymore. So let's dive into it. I'm so excited today. I get to talk with you today, Teresa. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So what I really like about this particular talk is that we're going to get to talk to a mom who's literally has her children circling her at the Social Media Marketing <laughs> World Conference. And on top of that, she's also the woman behind the YouTube star, making him the, the face, the creative, the driving force. So, Teresa, why does YouTube such a good thing 
for for people to like invest in and be a part of and and make it a part of like their life sure well you know i think there's two sides to it that's for the you know there's for the creators who you know have something to say who have a way to impact the world of course um, and then there's for the business owner. And I know for, for our company, we really have a heart for, for the business owner, um, for the entrepreneur. And so it's a little bit different in that they're gonna be running a business in addition to creating content on YouTube. And why? Why is it worth the energy in addition to doing all the other stuff that they have to do with that business? And for us, what we see is that it's, it's a really excellent way to uh, build an authority in themselves as an authority in their industry and to be able to create a, a content library that can you know, not only build their authority, but in some ways, if you do it right, it could be an evergreen model for bringing in leads to your company. So there's two, there's two big aspects there. So how did you become a part of like the YouTube life? Awesome, that's a great question. So there's two different things that happened. Um, my husband uh, is not only the, uh, the face of the company and has his own channel and, and, and content that he creates, but he also has created content for many of our clients. Um, so I used to be a teacher. I was a high school English teacher for 13 years. And um, I also worked for his clients while I was teaching. So if he had a client who said, you know, we want some of these videos, but we don't want to be on them. I often was the face of those, of those companies. Um, so I've done a lot of video. For, on YouTube for various companies as their spokesperson or as just a uh, delivering content, delivering information to their audience. Um, and then about three and a half years ago, I think maybe maybe four, we're getting, we're getting close there, um, we decided that it was time for me to come home. And I always wanted to because it was so hard uh, teaching full time and then coming home and you know, being a, an active member of my family and being so tired and drained out, and who are you talking about, Owen? What are you, what's going on? So um, I came home, but not to just not to just be home and like cook dinner and do the laundry, but also to help with the business. And so that's been an exciting um, element to it because now I get to know who my husband's talking about. I'm emotionally invested in the company as well, so there's a lot of unity that comes with being a part of, of this team, even though I'm not necessarily on the face of his videos, although I do, I do pop in sometimes in the background. Um, so now I do more of um, helping him with content creation, um, customer service with our clients, marketing. So a lot of the, the back-end things uh, that are so important to the business. So what's so interesting about what you're doing as a brand with YouTube is that you're not really focused on your own brand on YouTube. Like you're the face of other people's brands. Tell us what that is like. Well, you know, <laughs> you have to play a different character. So, you know, uh, one of the biggest clients that I can think of right now, you know, they were more of a tech company. And so I had to, um, you know, have a little bit more of like a geeky look to myself. Um, <laughs> You know, Which uh, I think would be really hard for you. Like, you're a very cool mom. Like, yeah. gray hair, like, nose ring tats. But, like, no. like you're like like you're like my mom, like, mom goals, for sure. Because oh, you're so cool. You. Oh, fun. <laughs> well, I had to tone it down for those ones, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's ones where I, I, I was a spokesperson for, like, a lawyer. And so I had to, like, put on a collared shirt and talk really professional and so forth. And make sure my hair wasn't as crazy as it usually is because I got some <laughs> wild hair. Um, you know, those types of things. So, you know, that's fine. I, I, grew, I grew up in drama. I, mm -hmm. I enjoy acting and that kind of a thing. But we know we actually have done a little bit on our own. I was, uh, I did co-host a live show with my husband for one of our clients last year. It's actually an interesting story 
we spent a lot of they spent a lot of money for a live show, uh, but their lawyers got so wrapped up in all of the details that a lot of those shows never got to be seen, uh, and it was an amazing show. So that was fun, um, and I got to be more myself there. And then uh, we actually did do, um, we started a YouTube channel about a year and a half ago um, on marriage. And we took, we put it on the back burner because our business was just, there was so much stuff to do with our own clients. And we're like, we'll just do it later. Well, we actually were looking at the analytics a few days ago. And I mean, these videos that we produced are getting like 10,000 views, 12,000 views. And so we realized, wow, what a, a gold mine. What are, we, what are we doing? So we're actually gonna go back and, and, and resurrect that channel. You know, and I think I'll be it, on there more. I think that you could even look at that in this in this thing. Like, there's such like a small percentage of people, like in the grand scheme of things, that are like business owners, right? Mm -hmm. But there are so many more people that are married that exactly. you could probably totally be helping. Because, like I said, you've got that again. You got you and Owen are such a like a, such a cool couple. Very progressive. Like you lead with your hearts and you lead with you know your faith and your kids are great. And I think there's just a lot to be learned about so many things. So I could totally see how that would like really resonate with people so much so much but greater than business because I feel like there's only so many people out yes. there that are business owners but a lot of people are married exactly <laughs> and that's what we definitely notice we're like okay so the business owner is like hyper niche you know business owners that are in interested in YouTube business owners that are interested in video marketing but marriage my goodness like you could probably just do a whole channel dedicated to like running a business with your with your spouse yep. without killing them yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what kind of fights do you get into when you're running a business? How do you I mean, turn it off? Yes. You know, yep. all that kind of stuff. It really is. Some good ideas. So we're excited to get that started. Yeah. So talk with us about that, that potential struggle that does come out. What happens when you do YouTube with your spouse? Okay. Well, there's definitely the pressure to do things well. My husband, for example, is very, uh, very comfortable in front of the camera. Um, I, you know, I have a fun experience with drama and so forth in my past, but it was on stage. Being in front of the camera is a different story. Uh, so I've had uh, to learn a lot, um, and there's been definitely a lot of retakes on certain, um, <laughs> certain uh, recordings and so forth, which can cause a little bit of frustration because it's so natural for him. Yeah. So he's had to work on his patience with me because, you know, he's a natural, and you know, a lot of times when it's, when you're a natural, you don't understand that it's not as it's not as easy for other people. Yeah. So it's helped him be, have to become more patient and recognize that we all, we have different skills and so forth. Um, and then for you know, he's also the director, the produ You know, we have a producer who's you know running the camera and pushing the buttons. But you know, it's his ideas on like how this is going to look and what we're going to say and so forth. And so, you know, having to separate myself from this is my husband versus this is the producer and sometimes he might say we got to do this right now and he might be a little passionate about something or a little firm on this because he's the producer and this is something serious and me not to take it as like don't you talk to me that way husband <laughs> you know it's like okay if he were my producer would I have been able to handle that yes I wouldn't have been offended okay so right now I got to keep my like <laughs> my like co-worker hat on instead and and so you know Sometimes it's a matter of making sure and like being conscious of your perspective on your roles at that moment. Yeah. So one of the things I'm, I'm dying to know, literally, I, one of the things I love about this podcast is I get to like ask questions for my, my personal self that I'm hoping other people want to know about too. Talk about raising kids in a, in a very YouTube heavy life. Um, there's so many like people I've talked with and, and people that are out there that are so afraid mm -hmm. of their kids being on video and, and they want to keep them safe. Like, but you no, know, there's also that challenge of like, 
our we're, our kids are going to live in this world that we've created and that they've created for themselves that like doesn't exist yet. Like it's sort of the idea like we're training our kids for jobs that don't exist yet and you know being a YouTuber is just kind of like what is it like one in three kids or one in six kids like wants to be a YouTuber when they <laughs> grow up. I mean what is that like with you know four kids in your house and like mom and dad are are YouTubers and they teach other people how to be YouTubers and, and how to use it for business. So what is that like? Like, what are you kind of like instilling them? Like, what advice can we take from that? Like, I'm just, I have so much I want to know. <laughs> sure. Well, because we're in media, you know, we're very conscious of media and we do spend a lot of time teaching our kids about, about media. What is real? What's not real? Um, and we also protect them a lot too. You know, there's certain things, they're not allowed to just hop on YouTube and just go scrolling and finding things. That's not the case. Um, we actually have created set playlists for them because we know that if they pick a video that's not on a playlist, uh, that it could take them to another video that we haven't pre-approved. So oftentimes, you know, if we know what kind of content they like or what content we're, we are allowing them to look at, we'll create those play playlists for them so that we know what's, you know, what's gonna come next. Um, but, you know, when we do watch a movie or anything that's media related, we often will stop to have conversations about, okay, did you see how that, you know, what happened here? That's real, this is not real. Because they ask those kind of questions. Did that really happen? You know, they're just, they're just kids. They don't necessarily know. So a lot of that, um, they, they definitely have developed a, a good sense of acting as well. We can say, okay, we're going to go on the camera right now, and we want you to, you know, you know what you did a couple minutes ago? We want you to do that again because we want to reenact what just happened. And so they've been good at developing those skills, but it's also teaching them. Like a lot of times that what we see it didn't actually happen in that moment. It's actually acting, you know. Um, maybe it did happen a couple of minutes ago, but we're trying to recreate it. So really just seeing that there is two different worlds between reality and, and, and media, mm -hmm. and there is a crossover. There are some things that are real, but they're not always. So how are you able, as you're, you're, you're teaching kids like a, um, an acted, a staged, a, a recreated version mm -hmm. of, of things to share on social. How do you find a way to show them and then also implement for yourselves for you and your husband vulnerability and rawness at the same time because it's so we're living in such a world world where it's like everything is filtered and crazy but then it's also well we want to see the unfiltered vulnerable version so how do you how do you do that well i think some of it's been modeled because you know owen does go live and and oftentimes right in the moment for sure um, so, you know, those recreations might be just something that's funny that happened and it's like, oh, we didn't get on camera, let's recreate that. But, you know, Owen has gone through cancer, he's shared his story on there. I mean, he's had times where he's just cried in front of the camera um, going through his experiences. So they definitely have seen, you know, mm -hmm. that rawness uh, and so forth. But there's also like, a, a, with some things with our kids, we, we treasure and just for us. You know, there might be a moment that happened and it's like, you know what, are we going to share that? You know, no, we're not because that was just for us. We don't want to share everything mm -hmm. because then what is special anymore? If it's like everything is just something that we can just broadcast everybody else. So, you know, we will pick and choose and we will let them know, hey, no, we're not going to video that one. That was really special. We want to just keep it for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so they get to see, you know, both. both now you are definitely much more like behind the scenes. And I think because I follow you both through a lot of your journeys, what I love about what you talk about on like your social presence and on like what you're doing is so it, it gives people such a different way to look at life and to think about things differently like when it comes to parenting when it comes to solving problems when it comes to thinking about you know the kinds of things that you eat or put in your body uh, one of my favorite things that you've done is you know opened uh, my eyes other people's eyes to like different insurance options mm -hmm. and stuff like that how have you been able to cultivate 
this personal persona and, and be this is what's important to Teresa versus this is what's good for the brand. Like how do you, and, and how do you balance that? Because again, you're not the star of YouTube. You're not the one sitting in front of the video, you know, nine times out of 10 and doing all this. So, but everything that is shared about you through your brand is all about like you being a supportive wife, you creating emails, you writing copy, you planning stuff, you, you know, all of that stuff. How have you figured out to be, how did you cultivate this separate part of yourself for your online brand? Well, I'd say that that's something I'm actually still working on because, you know, a lot of what you're talking about, I think you've seen through my husband's um, channel and his page where he talks about those elements of me and how I've, I've, I've contributed to the business, but I haven't actually done that on my own, on my own profiles. And we actually came to that over the last three or four months where I actually am realizing, especially with some of the marketing that I'm now doing, that I actually need to, to, to show off a little bit more on my, on my page what I am doing because I have really more focused more on my role as like a mom and a wife and maybe like, you know, the support of my husband, but not really showing what I'm doing. So I actually just made some changes. I actually just made a new uh, cover for my Facebook profile that shows, you know, my role a bit more in the business. I changed my bio. And, you know, I'm working on, I don't want to lose, I don't want to make it all about business. I don't want to lose this other very important parts of my life. So, you know, I'm trying to think of it more as, okay, if I talk about business, this is my what. And if I talk about my family and health, this is my why. And so really kind of thinking it more of those two ways so that I can show show those two very important parts of my life and not exclude one for the other. That's where I'm at right now. I just wanted to take a quick minute and thank you for listening with a little something something from TubeBuddy. If you don't know, TubeBuddy is a free browser extension and mobile app for your YouTube account that helps you with finding the best keywords, create titles, A-B test your thumbnails, provides you with analytics, milestones, reporting, and so much more. If you have been inspired by the stories in today's podcast and you're ready to start creating, you don't want to do it without TubeBuddy. Get signed up with this free service at TubeBuddy.com forward slash women. All right, so let's transition to some nitty gritty stuff. So what is it that you guys use for producing your content and what is it that you guys do to support it off, off YouTube? Because a big part of um, what I love about what you guys do is that not only do you create videos, but you continue the conversation elsewhere. Sure. So um, we we have two different broadcasting softwares um, that we use. One is vMix, and the other is uh, BeLive. We use BeLive mainly for our BeLive show. Uh, my husband is uh, a one of the one of the spokespersons for BeLive, and so he does a live show for them. And then he's also um, they started a YouTube channel, and so he'll be he'll be using their software for their YouTube channel as well. Um, but for the other aspects of our business, what we do for ourselves um, and another client that we uh, that he hosts and produces a show for, we use vMix. Um, we are big into creating uh, video branding elements. We use them for ourselves. We sell them to our clients. We offer them as part of like a package to any of our coaching um, clients as well because it really gives a good branded look to those to those videos. Um, you know, and then of course we have our various uh, resources that we use for editing and so forth um, and. You know, there's the repurposing of certain videos. But Owen also likes to show a lot of, like, the behind the scenes. So he might create a video uh, for YouTube um, or Facebook, but often in a story, show how that was created or what he was doing, you know, before it or after that. 
um, so that you can kind of see both sides to it. Because I think a lot of people can get intimidated and think, well, I can't do that. But if you get to see some of the reality of like what we did before, what we did after, what the actual set looks like, whoa, that's in your garage, it becomes more, um, wow, I can do that. And it can be inspiring, I think, for a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs to not be scared by that it's something that they can do as well. So talk about the business of YouTube for you. Now again, separate from like what Owen does with the video stuff, talk about like what you do for um, the business and um, how you guys convert it into your living? Well, I do a lot and it, it changes as the, depending on the needs of the business. So um, I do manage one of our biggest clients. I've managed that entire account from start to finish. So that involves not only you know talking with them, but hiring the contractors to uh, complete the assignment, uh, you know, checking, editing, you know, going back and forth with the client on whether or not they're happy with the videos that we've produced and made for them. Um, and, uh, you know, staying up on top of making sure that those invoices have, have been paid and so forth. Um, I do also some of the email marketing. Um, I might get some ideas from Owen and I'll look at his content to kind of get ideas, but I'm the one that's doing a lot of, you know, the putting together of the, you know, which videos we're going to highlight, what we're going to talk about, and um, picking the subject lines and so forth to make sure the open rates happen and, and that sort of thing. I do some of the writing for his Instagram content, uh, as well as uh, I write the scripts for a lot of the videos for our clients who have paid us to create those videos. So I'm, I'm writing those scripts as well. Awesome. So is it like probably safe to say that in your, like your YouTube relationship is like, he's the, he's the creative, but you're the one that makes it all work kind of. Yeah, I think he'd like to say that as well, but man, you know, I, I don't know if it's just, <laughs> I think that's what makes you such a great team. Like I think anybody that knows you in our, in our YouTube space, like they can't think of Owen without you. Oh, that's awesome to because, hear. Because, and I, maybe it's just my perspective, but everyone's always like, oh, how's Teresa? Or you're with him and you guys are like, you just keep up in just the same way. And I think that the, one of the things that can happen is uh, almost, uh, it, it could have been dismissive. Like, oh, you're just his wife. No right, one, right. You know, you know, and I think that when with women of YouTube, some of them are like, oh, our like, it's your husband's back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. He's taking care of your kids, right? But you know, you're There's such so an more. active part of it. And yeah. I think that that's what's so amazing that you've got to like learn about it and do it in such a different place. So since you guys are doing so much in the YouTube space for clients, like creating accounts and doing kind of s different things, I think what I also really love about what you guys do, I'm, I'm a big fan if you guys can't tell, mm -hmm. um, is that you create YouTube channels for ordinary businesses. You know, like you do, I've, I've seen videos about with or Owens, like the spokesperson for like painting companies. And, and I think like us, I think I saw a video where he was teaching people how to make stairs, like construct actual stairs, <laughs> and, you know, some of that. And I love that you are teaching people who are just normal people, not like I'm a beauty blogger or I'm a lifestyle person, or this is my really cool, sexy, easy to talk about thing. Like you're making it like super relatable. So what is it that you think that people can what do you think people often miss when they're getting started with YouTube? And what is it that they need to focus on through that process? Um, I think that people can get too caught up in views and let that stop them from continuing on. And you know what I've really seen is it's about building an audience. And building takes time. And you know there is going to be some trial and error as you're going through it, but really thinking, what does my audience want? Who is my audience? And making sure that all your videos focus on that one audience. I think that some people can, can get off track and start thinking of different topics that might be interesting under their umbrella of their industry, but it might be to different types of audiences and you can't build a channel that way. Um, so focusing on, okay, who is your audience? 
and, and, and just making great content for them and just knowing this is going to be a long, this is going to be a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, even some of the people, some of the big names that we see now that, you know, have 100, 200, 300, 400,000 subscribers, and, and that's just in the business space. Obviously, you know, you got content creators that have got millions, but I'm just talking about in the business space. It took them time to get there. So a lot of resilience, continuing on and knowing that you're in, you continue to provide value to the audience that you have as you're continuing to build it. So little fun rapid fire I like to. Who are some of your favorite female creators? Well, obviously you, for <laughs> sure. I did not pay her to say that. No, <laughs> well, you know, I just love, I love, you know, your focus is, uh, on women, on moms, military, that whole aspect. I just love that. I think it's a great niche. I think it's a great, um, so many women, I think, in that, uh, in that industry, are, I think are, are, are trying to start home businesses as well. Um, you know, a lot of, um, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? You know, a lot of moms, they'll, they'll sell like direct marketing of some sort, network marketing that need to have someone like yourself kind of showing them how they can use social media to help, um, you know, develop their audience. Um, <clears throat> Mari Smith, she's a classic, you know, love what she's done. I have, she's actually on my C first. <laughs> in uh, in my Facebook, she's always you know, teaching me some good things about that. Um, you know, I, I can't think of the name right now. I don't know why. She wrote the book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Oh, Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis. It's like, I'm slipping my mind right now. I love her content. She's super inspiring to me. I actually am looking forward. I told Owen, I'm like, the next, because I went to go sign up for her conference last year, and I missed the deadline. Oh, the Rise conference. So, yeah, I want to, like, be on it so that I can, like, get a ticket for uh, the next one that comes up. So those would, I would say, probably my top three. Awesome. So do you think that there is room on YouTube for new creators and why do you think so? Well, gosh, if you think about how many people are in the world, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it, YouTube continues to grow with its audience, of course. I mean, of course, there's so many people out there and there's so many different types of people out there and so many different niches. It's, it, you know, the, the strategy might be different on how to reach them than how it was, you know, five years ago, six years ago, even three years ago. But there's certainly, it's, it's definitely not too late. What would you say to somebody who is just terrified about the idea of getting on video? Because at this conference, I mean, this I'm doing this interview right after Michael Selzner did his big keynote, and his big thing was like, you have to tell your story, you have to get on there and relate to people and connect, and at this and, and do it through YouTube, like that long form content, tell those stories. At the same time, while I've been here, I have talked with women, and they are just like nope, I'm not getting on video, I mean, I can't do it, like, I'm just, like, too much, and I think a lot of it is just a lot of their own fears and insecurities and struggles, and I can totally understand that, um, but I just, I just don't know, like, I want, I think everyone has such a great story, and that everyone is beautiful and wonderful in their own way, and they deserve to share it, but I just don't know how to, how to convince them to do it, so what would your advice be to them to help them be inspired and get out of their own way to create? Well, for, for me and for a lot of the women that I've seen, uh, a great place to start, I think, can be with just a story. Getting comfortable with doing stories is just 10 seconds. You can do 10 seconds on your story to just say something and get comfortable doing that and then maybe work to like a, like a quick live. Um, and then I think once you're, you've got some of that comfort, out, uh, you know, the, that discomfort out of the way, then I think doing some pre-recorded content will be a lot easier because uh, I think sometimes you can get so hung up on like, oh, did I read the script right? And oh, do I know what I'm saying? And oh, how do I look? Um, so just getting comfortable in front of the camera, I think at first can really, you know, help uh, that next step of maybe doing pre-recorded and stuff for, for YouTube. As far as like mindset, 
Um, gosh, I mean, some of the biggest things that I see stop women is the fear of like, I don't like the way I look, you know, that's a big thing for us. And I always have to, to kind of look at, well, how do you, do, are you judging people the way that you're judging yourself? Because I, chances are, I don't think that that's the case. I, the chances are, I would say that if you saw somebody who looked this way or that way, and they had great content, you would be like stoked to see them. And you wouldn't even see the things that you're judging about yourself and concerned that other people are going to be thinking about yourself. So I, you know, recognize that people don't, you know, of course you're going to have, you know, your, your haters that come on and might come onto these comments and make some mean comments and here and there. But I think that you have to get a, a little bigger in an audience before you're going to start getting trollers. And even then you have to know that there's people out there that are just hateful people that are going to say that about anyone. If you're too skinny, they're going to call you anorexic. If you're too overweight, you know, in, or if you're overweight in that sense, they're going to call you this. If you, if you're pretty, they're going to say that you're stuck up. You know, if you're not, it's, they're going to say something no matter what. It doesn't matter who you are. So you have to ignore them. You have to just know who you are. And if you have something to say, make sure and say it. And people are going to appreciate it. Uh, I'm reading uh, Christina Kuzmik's book right now, which is, she's the uh, mom uh, who talks about, like, she just calls it like it is, like, all the bullshit and things like that. And she said, I, was, I recently listened to it, and she says, how would you feel about calling people, no, what is it she said? She said, think about all of the mean things that you say about yourself. Oh, I am fat. Oh, I have these stretch marks. Oh, I'm ugly. Oh, I hate this, this beauty mark or this mole or whatever it is. Imagine hearing that being said about your best friend or your kid. Like, how much of, like, your mama bear instincts would come up and be, like, all up in someone's face about it? So then why would you say that about yourself? I love what you're saying. And actually, that happened to me a few weeks back. And it wasn't necessarily about my looks. I forget what it was about. It was about something about my personality. But I was really being hard on myself about something that happened. And um, I, was, I was like, you're this and you're that. I was just, man, I was just hating on myself. I was just bashing myself with all of these just awful words as I was judging myself over something that had happened um, and, and judging my character and my heart over it. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing. I was saying that, and all of a sudden, I heard in my mind, in my heart, whatever you want to say it, I heard, how dare you talk to my daughter that way? And I don't know if, you know, I'm a woman of faith, so I'm not sure if that was God telling me, like, well, don't talk about my daughter, or if it was my mind kind of showing, like, would you, how would you feel if somebody was talking about your little girl that way? Either way, I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. If someone was talking about my daughter that way, I'd been like, oh, take my earrings out, ponytail back, <laughs> shoes off. Like, let's we're gonna be throwing some things down right now, and you know, and I imagine that's that's you know also the way that you know uh, God would feel about me. You know, like what was I doing? And so immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And I, I immediately was sorry that I had done that and, and started speaking life back into myself and recognizing, you know what, I messed about about this thing. This thing that doesn't mean that I'm this. It doesn't mean that I'm that. I can say I'm sorry, forgive myself, and I can pick myself back up and do this again. That doesn't mean that that's who I am. I'm not going to let that define me. Yeah. So what would your hopes be for Scotland, your daughter, if she wanted to be for, uh, a YouTuber? Um, I think that as long as, um, you know, she felt confident in something that she had to say, that she didn't uh, let it preoccupy her as uh, her value, I think that my biggest fear uh, that I have with youth today is because we're so media-heavy, um, with Instagram and, you know, with YouTube and so forth, that a lot of um, our adolescents and teens can get so preoccupied with views and comments and likes that it can really affect their 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 perception of who they are as, as individuals. So, you know, I, I'd be okay with it as long as I could see that she had a strong identity in who she was 
and that it wasn't something that she was doing to try to um, give herself worth or value. And if I started, if she was doing it at a young age and I started to notice that it was, she was getting too preoccupied about those things, as a mom, I might actually, you know, stop her from doing it for a while and work on that. But I don't think I'd even allow it unless I felt like already going in that I felt confident that she, she knew who she was, you know? And then, of course, we'd, we'd coach her through, like, not getting wrapped up. Because even as adults, we can't. I mean, I've talked to her a couple of days ago with, you know, somebody who's in the space, who's got a lot of subscribers and, and, and a, a grown person. And they told me about their struggles with, nice, baby. That was my son. But even this grown man's, um, you know, uh, focus and, and recognizing I can get so wrapped up in the views and the likes and the subscribers that it can pull you away from the other things in life that are valuable, your family, your kids, you know, your friendships. And so we, that's the problem with, I think, any form of entrepreneurialism, regardless if you're creating uh, video content or not, is that you can really slip into workaholism pretty quickly because it's everything's so accessible. There's no closing the door, getting into your car and driving home. Everything's right there. And so you can get back on that phone checking, checking. What's my views? What's this? What's that? So even at, whether you're an adult or a kid, I think we can all get prone to that. So so if there was someone out there who wanted to get started on YouTube, like aside from like getting over your fears and whatever tech complications that they would have, how would you advise them to get started? Um, well, I would, I would say to first really think about who do you, what do you want to talk about and who do you want to talk to. Um, there's lots of things that you can talk about, but I think knowing who you want to talk to first and then, you know, what, are, what, is, what is like the overall arching topic that you want to discuss and then think about all the little subtopics that fall under that umbrella that that same audience would be interested in doing or listening to and, and learning about. Um, so I would definitely start with that and really kind of thinking about what you want to say and then start lining up the ones that you really want to talk about first because you'll be passionate about it and you're more likely to want to get started and not, not drag your feet, you know, in doing it. And then, of course, there's some basic equipment that you're going to definitely need. Um, I mean, I suppose you could just start off on your phone just to kind of practice and so forth. But, you know, I would just make sure that you have a mic. Like, bad audio is no bueno. Nobody's yeah, going to like bad that's audio. That's the biggest unforgivable thing. I think people can forgive not seeing you, but if they can't hear you, they out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, just something simple like, you know, good mic, maybe one ring light, you know, and uh, a, a decent, uh, you know, a camera on your computer, I think is just a great way to start, making sure the background looks kind of, you know, even if it's just in your kitchen or your living room or your office, just kind of, you don't have to go all out at first, I think, but just, you know, making sure that there's, I mean, unless part of your brand is to show the laundry on the floor, I suppose, if that's like what you're, you know, like maybe you're talking, maybe your subject is the messy mom life, you know, maybe a pile of laundry might be something that you would want to have. I love um, that, the saying that's like, every picture on Instagram from a mom it, or every picture that a mom takes is trying to hide the dirty laundry that's on right, the floor. Right. <laughs> but if your brand is to really talk about that, then that might be actually a cool thing to have, you know? Right. So. <laughs> awesome. Any closing thoughts to inspire women to start creating on YouTube? Um, let's see. If you have something to say, say it. This is one life that we have, and this is the perfect time because there's such an you don't have to rely anymore on TV and Hollywood for people to get their voice out there. If you want to publish a book, we live in a time where you can publish your own book. If you want to, you know, you want to get in, on camera and have people hear what you have to say, this is the time. So, you know, I think uh, the saying goes that the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago and the second uh, best time is now. So, you know, don't hold back. This is the time to get started and, um, you know, be bold. Be boldly you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on Teresa. I really appreciate you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. And if you really love this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes to make the podcast gods and Phil over at TubeBuddy happy.